This episode of Couch Communion is dedicated to anyone that has ever heard me use the phrase, hate the sin, love the sinner. Um, I'm sorry that you had to hear me say that. I'm sorry that I said it. Uh, It was really just not a good moment for anyone, I, I don't think. So, yeah, very sorry about that. We wonder, we I'm Sarah. I'm Jordan. And this is Couch Communion. Welcome to the couch. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Today on Couch Communion, I just, uh, I really just want to get us in the spirit of fellowship. I want to fellowship together. Yes. In this holy space. Amen. Um, I really just want to uh, take a moment to center ourselves in the spirit and to um, just prepare ourselves to pray a hedge of protection um on this world Mm. um because you know we live um in this world but not of it yes lord and um you know i don't know how much more uh if you're a first time listener don't don't hit stop yet don't run away <laughs> don't yet. run away we don't actually talk like that all the time <laughs> today we're going to be talking about christian ease yes and some of the um uh, the jargon the lingo the lingo the slang the slangs uh the general nomenclature that <laughs> that comes alongside um christian circles a lot of times and we're gonna be um we're, we're going to be making fun of a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I figured we had a couple of serious episodes. So it's yeah. time for a lighter fare. Yeah. For a bit again. Um, somewhat. Although we do have a little bit of a rant. I do have a, in, I do have embedded. a rant prepared. Um, yeah. So I, the reason that we're talking about this today, I was uh, doing some work at one of the mega churches here in town. And there were two lovely young men. Um, this is really no shade to them. I'm not trying to. You we're know. sure they're great. I'm sure they're wonderful. Um, and they were having a conversation with each other. And I was eavesdropping a bit. And I heard them say, I heard one of them saying like, yeah, dude, I'm really just like praying for leadership and God's presence in this season of my life. And, you know, his his faithfulness is boundless. And I just hope that, you know, he, he will he will see me through this season. And he just like kept saying this season, this season. And like, I just love seasons. He just so loves much. seasons. <laughs> and I was so intrigued because it's been a while since our Christian college days. And it's been a while since I've been in an environment where people talk like that. And I gotta tell you guys, I did not miss it. Yeah. I really didn't. Yeah, um, once you get out, it's uh, it's hard when you come back in. Yeah, and so that's kind of what I want to talk about today. And, you know, and I don't want to say if you're someone and that's how you feel comfortable talking about your religion, that's fine. 
that's fine. If that feels natural and genuine to you, go for it. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yums. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yums. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Where did you get that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe my bim bam. But uh, maybe that should be the subtitle of our podcast. Maybe, yeah. Couch communion, no. yucking other people's yums. <laughs> that sounds so gross. When it, you put it, that it way. does. I don't, I don't does. like it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that caught me off guard. It's okay. Oh. Um, I thought I'd said that before on this podcast. Maybe not. It's gonna be really funny if you did, and then I had the same reaction the first time. <laughs> Everything old is new again. It's yes, fine. Yes. Um, My brain is a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is all in good fun for the most part. And uh, I, I think some of it's not. But some of it's very serious. <laughs> uh, I just think it's fun to, to kind of, you know, if you can't laugh at yourself, how can you laugh at anyone else? Yeah. Am I right? Can yeah. I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of these that I know are on the list that I say like on a, a regular basis, too. So it's not like I've never used any of these. Right. We've it's, both said all of these. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm pretty. Yeah. And especially, you know, we have rants prepared and I have been that person um, before as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is no shade, but um, I have a I have a little bit of a list. I did go onto YouTube and watch a lot of like things Christians say videos. Mm-hmm. There's one in particular called Shoot Christians Say. It's the best one. Just it, the fact that it's called Shoot Christians yeah, Say. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just It's so good. It's so good. Um, and I'm pretty sure I've seen those two guys that did it do other kind of Christian mm-hmm. parody videos before. So, um, But I wrote down a whole big list of things. that I guarantee you they've used a Shoot Christians Say video in church at this mega church where you heard oh, the conversation. A hundred and ten percent. A hundred and ten percent. I want to start, I just want to start with fellowship. Just to say that, why is everything fellowship? Koinonia, man. Oh, oh koinonia. <laughs> I just sent you backwards in time. <laughs> you know that meme of, like, the cat that yeah, has, like, yeah. yeah. That was your face just now. Yeah. So, audio people, that that doesn't make sense to you. You didn't see my face, but. Um, audio people as in literally everyone <laughs> listening to this. Everyone we, but we do Jordan. not have a video format. <laughs> oh, this is already oh off the rails. Yeah, fellowship. Fe- not everything is fellowship. I also want to see real quick. I had this thought. Can we just like take a moment, brainstorm, and think of like if you were starting a young people's fellowship group, like what would you call it? Oh no, like. Um... The bridge, the tower, the family, the family. It would be, it would be like vaguely mafia oriented. <laughs> the bratva. <laughs> um, I can see like, <laughs> I can see like Mark's men's group being like the Brotherhood. Yes, yes. Uh, it would be. Oh, it's frat names. Yeah. Oh my That's god. What it, it's frat, frat names. names. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I like when some of them are just like nouns with no the, like hey dude do you want to come to kingdom tomorrow night yes. we're gonna be doing a fellowship yes. or oh my God. doing a fellowship that's fantastic yeah yeah doing 
please define for me what is doing a fellowship doing a fellowship (laughs) you know we're fellowshipping we are doing the act of a fellowship i need to look up the the dictionary definition of fellowship right now just because friendly association especially with people who share one's interests well in the Christian circle, though, fellowship is way more than that. Yeah. So I feel like using it in the literal sense, like, of its definition, it's actually flip-flopped. It's like you're not, like, we should be using it in the intense Christian way and not in the casual way. Because when we use it in the casual way, we overuse it. Okay. Does that make sense at all, what I just said? <sighs> not really. <laughs> <laughs> Your voice said yes and your face said no. <laughs> My mind is telling me no. Um, Point being. You're saying you think Christians use it correctly? No, I'm saying I think Christians use it flagrantly. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That like we use it too casually. And so gotcha. it loses the, the weight. L- loses the weight. Yeah. And maybe that comes too from like every church cafeteria is a fellowship hall. Yeah. Or the fellowship yeah. You know, ooh, I didn't like that when you said church cafeteria. My my body it, right, was just like, it's, it's not a cafeteria. It's a fellowship hall. I know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know a different word for it though. I don't either. Because it's not a cafeteria. It's but fellowship. Fellowship equals meals. Yeah. Question mark. I feel like there's a connotation of like we're breaking bread together in fellowship. Yeah, we do use fellowship excessively, but yeah, it's I cannot. I cannot count how many times I've heard people say, let's do fellowship together. Let's, you know. Koinonia, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, I never, yeah. I never touched back on we that. We just said it. In college, we, we had um, every hall. So, like, in colleges, it's very common to have an RA, a resident assistant, someone who lives on the hall and is, like, there for your needs and blah, blah, blah. We also had an S... L.A.? SLA that was it yeah a spiritual life assistant um and our SLA was charged with organizing weekly koinonia (laughs) because we can't just stick with the English fellowship we gotta go with the Greek well yeah yeah so we had to um so it was like a weekly bible study basically a weekly fellowship except our koinonia was just pancakes. Yeah. We just had pancakes. Because we were the only two who went. Because well, I was the RA. <laughs> when you were the RA. I remember, though, when we were freshmen or sophomores. I oh, yeah. There was better turnout for that. I went a couple times. We made, like, headbands out of fabric at one of them. Yeah. It was, it's you very, know. It's very church camp. They, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It's very like church camp in the dorm. Loosely, you know. It wasn't like there was a... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? schedule or yeah. uh, like a syllabus so yeah. <laughs> okay you know we're all this reading semester yeah <laughs> this semester in your spiritual life we are doing this this and this there so. were some halls though that i remember had like really good koinonia nights they were like they had like really like they actually really enjoyed yeah their fellowship <laughs> yeah that's just not really like why can't we say hang out yeah why can't we just why do we gotta make it Sound and why fancy. can't we just hang out? I know. <laughs> at a at a especially at a college where we went to chapel three times a week. Guys, we get it. Can we just chill and watch heroes? I got please? it. I just want to hang out. I don't want to talk about Jesus right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, fellowship. 
Um, another adjacent, fellowship adjacent, mm-hmm. the good old doing life together. Doing life together. When did that start? That seems like when we were in high school, I that became I wonder if that's big. regional, though. Because I feel like that happened a lot in this town with said megachurch, and then it mm-hmm. also... A couple other small churches that I know of do life together. Yeah. And it's not like, it's. I don't feel like it's a bad term or anything, but it's it's funny because I'm like, we're all doing life already, man. Yeah. I think it just came, it became like the cool youth group thing to say. Like, no, I feel like not it was a... more like, like young families, like, like adult, like young adult groups mm. is where I've seen it a lot. I guess I always felt it was kind of like the... We're not an old stuffy youth group. We don't just sit around and read the Bible. We actually do life together. <laughs> Are you having trouble in your high school with all of your secular friends? Come to youth group and we'll do life together. We'll just like sit and hang and play basketball and eat ice cream <laughs> and maybe sing a worship song. Which but, is life. Which is life. And yeah, I'm, <laughs> that's that's genuine life right there. Yeah. It's what I do in my life. No, I think I think when the doing life su- together actually is successful is when it is young families and young adult mm-hmm. like like young. What do you call the group of people that's like not a young adult because that sounds like college, but they're not young family because they're not married. I would love to tell you because that's my group and I have no <laughs> idea because churches don't know that either. There's no place for me. <laughs> I've stepped into a hole. No. <laughs> Um, no, but I, it's a good point. No, but when it's that group and mm-hmm. it's like, I've seen a church, I've seen a, a church in particular that they have family groups that like the, the, the like different groups of people in the church, you're like literally divided up mm-hmm. and you meet at different people's houses or the same house. You make it whatever yeah. you want. And like, you just do regular dinners and like you support each other throughout like like friends. I mean like you literally it's it's a group of friends. Yeah. But but like you literally quote unquote do life together where like you use each other as like a a lifeline of support in different aspects of your life not just for the weekly meetups and stuff. And so I have seen it work. Yeah, see that's that's a good way to do it. But to someone on the outside it's like you do life together? Yeah. What it's, do you mean? It's kind of a weird way to say yeah. it. This is a short one, but I don't understand it. Can can anyone explain to me what a hedge of protection is? No, I don't know what that is either. I don't know what it is. Can I Google it? Please do. Because this was also, um, I reached out, not reached out, but I posted on our Instagram story for people to give us uh, examples of Christianese that they <laughs> heard a lot. I said, I phrased it as favorite or least favorite because I didn't want to be too negative. Um, and unfortunately, all these were anonymous and I don't, I didn't save who sent in what, so... Um, but someone said, pray a hedge of protection. What even is a hedge? And I'm like, thank, uh, thank you. I don't know. I think it's from Psalm 91. Okay. It's actually got some clout. Hang on. It says the Psalm 91 prayer for a hedge of protection. Psalm 91 is a prayer for Christians only. What is this website? What What is this website? (laughs) No seculars allowed. Missionaries of prayer abounding in the love of God. Mm. Uh, the following prayer is for a hedge of protection around you and your family, according to Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is a prayer for the for Christians only. This is not a prayer to be prayed for or by non-Christians, as the basis of the protection is seen in verse 14. If you would like to know how to become a Christian, see the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
refer back to subsection six, (laughs) the gospel of Jesus Christ before continuing. It's a hyperlink. It's a hyperlink. Hang on. I want to know. Oh, we have to go down this rabbit hole for a second. I need to know. Um, what is the gospel? Here's the bad news. (laughs) When God created the first humans, Adam and Eve, this is going to be the full thing. Physical death, spiritual death, eternal death. Here's the good news. Uh Uh-huh. God came in the form of man. This is the greatest love story ever told. Here's the summary of the gospel. We do not and cannot measure up to God's standard of perfection. God is just and must must punish us for our sins. The punishment is eternal separation from him. I don't want to get into this, but like, I can't get into that. Wait, no, get into what? No, it's, I don't, it's... (laughs) It's, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm saying I believe God can't smite people, but like, isn't it that God literally cannot exist in the presence of sin? It's not that he's going, I must punish you for your sin. He's going like, I literally can't be in the presence of this because I'm perfect. So like, that's why I'm sending Jesus because mm-hmm. I want so badly to be with you. I am going to send my son to fix it. Yes. It's not so much he's going, you must be punished for yeah. your sins, yeah. which is what they said. Oh, no. Well, I you were listening yeah. when I read it. Well, I did find a hedge of protection <laughs> on my phone. I was sort of listening. <laughs> I figured you were just talking about the gospel and I already know it. So <laughs> I love this episode already. <laughs> you told me to go down the rabbit hole. I know I did. I know I did. I know I did. turned your ears <laughs> off. You just... You said, I'm yeah, sorry. go down that rabbit hole. Peace. <laughs> Alone. You can go down that rabbit hole by yourself. Um, that, see, in that, you're right. That is a lot of, like, deep theology of. Yeah, no, I don't want to get into that yeah, rabbit hole. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, if you ever want to go to missionariesofprayer.org. I don't. Dot org. I don't even more. Um, go check that out. It's a trip. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. Well, I can tell you, um, I can tell you, uh, this is from crosswalk.com. Basically, they just say, oh, like a cross, a like cross. walking <laughs> the cross. <laughs> Guys, it's a special one. Um, a hedge is a fence or boundary that can define an area, create a level of security or defense. So a hedge of protection is just like a boundary of protection. Um, Where is it referenced in the Bible? They say, surprisingly, this term hedge of protection does not appear in the Bible in those exact words. The concept, however, is evident throughout scripture. And in Job 1.10, it says, have you not put a hedge of protection around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. Okay. So it just means a protection, like a boundary. Well, I mean, I got that. I'm just wondering. I was just wondering, like, why a hedge? Yeah, yeah, why a hedge? Yeah. I mean, I I get it now. I think bush, but I guess... That's just, like, overcomplicating. Here's what I think the problem is. Yeah. I think Christians haven't had a good writer since Flannery Flannery O'Connor. That's what it is. (laughs) We just haven't had a really good writer since... You don't like Grisham? (laughs) And that's an insult... (laughs) I, I will agree. I will. I will admit. I will concede that that is an insult to every um, deconstructionist writer that I've ever encountered. Yeah, I was um, gonna say even I the mean, great R.A.G. 
No, I but I but what I mean is mm-hmm. I'm talking like mainstream speaking with the people. Oh, okay. Like t- reaching the seculars. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like like novelist. I got you. I mean a novelist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> because like somebody coming up with the metaphors. That's that's what it is. Oh. Because like, I trust the great RHE to like just reach out and tell tell the truth. Yeah. In plain English. Yeah. But like. When we start trying to get creative with stuff is when it starts going downhill. Mm-hmm. Really downhill. Like, it starts getting real 90s real quick. <laughs> I just want to insert in Sometimes here. it's 1990s and sometimes it's 1890s. 1890s. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, speaking of 1990s, I saw a TikTok the other day that was um, one of those, like, um my theories nobody ever asked me about my theories hold on that one but it was um the theory of how dc talks jesus free created a persecution a persecution complex in an entire generation of people oof um i yeah not wrong not wrong at all i had the jesus freak book i think i might have too and i still i still remember because like the pages of it were like that cool it, they were, like, trying to make it look rugged. Mm-hmm. And so all the pages were, like, cut at different lengths. Yeah. And it was, like, supposed to be, like, weathered. And the front was all, like, this is a book that's been, like, under a dusty prison cell bed for weeks. I don't know. <laughs> and I remember reading it going, oh, these people, they just love Jesus so much. And they died for it. And I was traumatized mm. by it at the same time. Because I remember there was a story about a girl who was, like, stabbed by her brother. Oh my god! As like a righteous killing. Oh my god! Because she became a Christian, so he like stabbed her to death. Like, like that's I'm reading this at twelve. Maybe See, this is a critique on my parents more so. No, than- <laughs> no. Well, this goes back into we. Okay, we just had a conversation tonight at dinner with us and Jordan's husband about because he's you know raised Catholic. Was he raised to feel like at any moment he could be martyred for his faith? Yeah. And he said, not really. And we were like, oh, wow, that's weird. Because we definitely felt like at every moment. We had Columbine syndrome. mm -hmm, If anyone put a gun to our head and said, do you believe in God? You better say yes. yes. And I'm going to be honest. I don't. I I don't know. In a practical light. (laughs) With all respect to the people who were affected by that incident. You know, most importantly, so the people who were killed. Like, Mm -hmm. I have no idea what I would do Mm -mm. in that situation. Right. But, like, there's been a lot circulating lately that we've seen about whether or not the event was exaggerated. And but but for us growing up, it was blown into this thing that was just like she said yes was a movement. Yeah. And like. I don't know what the real situation was there that happened, nor do I know what I would do in that situation. But like to use that as the flame of like this evangelical martyr complex. It's yeah. just like so gross to it's me. It's rough. Anyway, we could talk. We are. That's more yeah. on that in another yeah. episode. Because, yeah, for sure. Wowie. I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, I read that book too. Mm, uh, okay. Let me see what else is on, what else people said on Instagram. Ooh, to honor God with your body was one. <laughs> to honor God with your body. You know, here's the thing. Um, 
David took all his clothes off and danced in the streets mm-hmm. for God. So, like, I could honor God with my body in that way. That's what I'm saying. And what does it mean? Are you, are you talking about purity culture? Are you talking about tattoos? Are you talking about... I think they're talking about anything that they want to. That's, yeah. That phrase is particularly... You, I can't joke. I can't sit here and joke. I gotta be serious about everything. No, I... That, <laughs> no, I'm mad at myself because I can't just be lighthearted. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. That phrase is, like, literally just used to shame people who don't look the way you think that they should look. Right, right. Like, I'm pretty sure people probably use that phrase to tell people of color that their hair should be styled oh, in a particular way. Oh. I'm sure people use that to talk about tattoos, to talk about piercings, to talk about people to different weights. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I you know, even, I didn't even Cause your body's a temple. Your body is a temple. You need oh to take gosh. care of it. Which is so, Oh, that's, oh. Mm. I've been feeding my temple a uh, pumpkin dump cake. Yeah. Recently. And it's delicious. It's been a great offering. My temple enjoyed it very much. Yeah. <laughs> My dimple definitely enjoyed some pork chop apples and stuffing tonight. Mm, mm-hmm. But, yeah. No, that's... That phrase is annoying. Mm-hmm. And it makes me mad, too, because, like, the standard changes per person. Yeah. yeah. You know? Because, like, if you're pretty and, like, you're... You, like, yeah. are thin and beautiful conventionally, you know? White, then, blonde. Like, clearly, you are using your body, like, to honor God. Unless the, yeah. you go to the beach and you wear... Whatever the heck you want to wear at the beach. Oh, we're getting that. That's coming. <laughs> yeah. That discussion is yeah. coming. Um, some other ones when the spirit lays something on your heart, when you feel convicted of something. Also, this one, this one though gets me. And I don't really know a better way to say it. Like it's not. Again, none of the. We're not saying any of these are just like bad for you. Shouldn't no. say them. Yeah, they're just very Christianese, and to yeah. say that. Like, we know what that means because we grew up in church. But if you say that to other people, they're going to be like, like, what what in the world? Just say you, like, feel strongly about it or guilty (laughs) about it or... I say it's been laid on my heart. I say that... Well, I used to say it more. I say it a lot, though. Um, I think partially because of Angela Newman's novel, Lay It on My Heart. Do you still have my copy? I do. It's over there if you want it. (laughs) Um, It's a really good novel, I was telling a work friend about this today, but like, it's a really great, it's honestly a really good novel because the girl in the novel like takes nothing for at face value. She questions everything. She's so conflicted about it. She like is, I think she's like the, the youngest depiction of deconstructing I've ever seen. And that may be like a vast oversimplification, but, um, I also love that novel because it's basically about Wilmore. Um, and that's the town we went to college yeah. in. So, and because Angela Newman went to yeah that college as well, um, she's a brilliant writer, by the way. Maybe like she's our. I don't know. Is that too high praise? Is she our Flannery O'Connor? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Um, but I use that phrase a lot, though, because I, and you know this, and I think we've talked about this. Like, I feel very more connected to the Holy Spirit than I do like. Any other member of the Trinity, uh-huh. if we're going to put it that way. And so I always feel like I was told once that like my spiritual gift was like being able to interpret um, the what the spirit's telling me mm-hmm. and that like laying it on my heart is like what it feels like. Yeah. It's like, wow, I can't really get this thought out of my head. And I've been thinking about it for a long time. And, like, I don't know if it's because I'm fixated or what, but then, like, eventually it becomes this thing where it's like, I really think this is being laid on my heart on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, like... 
And I think that is a, I think laying it on your heart is a good metaphor. Yeah. I think it's one yeah. of the good ones where yeah. there's not really another way to convey that. Mm. And yeah. it's, it's a poetic. It's, it's not, it's not, we, it's not that weird either. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I can see how it can get annoying for sure. Because if you use it in a way that's just like, listen, you've just been laid on my heart lately. And I just, I really think that we should have coffee sometime. Your whole lifestyle situation, it's just that <laughs> the spirit has laid it on my heart to yeah. come talk to you yeah. about. That's true of any Christianese. It's like when it's used. When in it's an weaponized. Yeah, when yeah. it's weaponized. <laughs> yes, that's a really good way of putting yes, it. Yes, yeah. weaponizing Christianese. Yeah. Um, this one was similar to uh, honoring God with our bodies, but also bless this food to our bodies. <laughs> Plus this food to our bodies. Like it's gonna poison you if you don't pray over it. Yeah. Well, That's a small I just one. I love those memes that are like Christians be like, Lord, let this food bring us nourishment, yeah. and it's like praying over McDonald's. <laughs> just like, you better pray that you over better. McDonald's. You better, because uh, God is the only one who could give you nourishment from prayer. Prayer for food is hard because like you get into the you get into a routine with it. Yeah. And it's just like you kind of do the same thing over and over. Yeah, I see it more of almost like a liturgical tradition <laughs> of this is the food you pray, or this yeah. is the prayer you pray over food. Which, like, growing up, did you have, like, a set, like, um, prayer for food? Yeah, I mean, even still, like, we didn't really pray for our food until Dale was mm-hmm. in our lives. And um, he's always the one that prays, and it's pretty much the same thing every time, so, yeah. Well, I remember growing up when, like, my parents would pray over the food, but it was always like a pass the buck. Who's going to pray over the food tonight kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And like, it, they still do that where it's like, they they will literally look at someone. Okay, Nate. And then, and then <laughs> bow their head and close their eyes. So you can't make eye contact and pass uh-huh. it off again. My family's reluctant to talk to the Lord. Apparently. No, they're not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we had like a set thing, but when I went to your house at, for the first time to have dinner and Dale was like, okay, let's pray for dinner. And I was like all ready to just kind of stand there and pray. And then like hands are being held mm-hmm. and we're going to stand in a circle and we're going to do this. And I was like, whoa, this is different. This yeah. is a whole experience. But I really like it. And now, you know, uh, Mark and I do it with Levi. We hold yeah. hands. And- yeah. It's kind of just a nice little moment. And then yeah. like <laughs> we would always just like hug each other afterwards yeah. for no reason. It's so cute. We're just a huggy family. But yeah. Um, sp- so I think too um another just example of differences in how christians talk i had lunch a couple weekends ago with my aunt and my mima and again usually dale is the one that prays Mm -hmm. and it's not even like a he's the man thing it's just he's the one that volunteers to pray and none of us ever do it and the reason i think especially growing up i never wanted to pray out loud in public is because i didn't feel like i did it right mm. because to me it feels extremely ingenuine to do like a dear lord please bless your food yeah. <laughs> oh no <laughs> not daddy god no abba you know yeah um but yeah you know to do like a flowery mm-hmm. bless this food to the nourishment of our body and thank you god for sending your son you know but what like when i pray it's just very like dear god you know thank you for this food thank you for this opportunity to be together thank you for this day which i think is fine it's i i, I think it is too and the older i get i'm more like yeah i mean that's just how i pray mm-hmm. that's how i talk to god i shouldn't have to be like that's honestly how like my ashamed of that. dad's family like prays or mm-hmm. something. Or God, uh, 
<laughs> we just thank you for this food and for this day. And yeah. We just thank you for everybody that's here today. We ask that you bless this person on this special day for them that we're gathered here for. And uh, yeah. we just ask uh, you watch over everybody. Amen. Like that's, I mean, exactly. they literally are just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I've always been. Again, because I wasn't raised you know my church growing up didn't use super flowery traditional you language mean, you mean you didn't for health and strength and daily food we, we praise, praise your name O lord not till college <laughs> i didn't even know what the apostle uh, not the apostles creed the um i didn't know the apostles creed till college no i'm trying to not that one though the um the doxology pra- yes praise god uh, from whom yeah, yeah, all yeah. blessings flow until college i didn't know that one either yeah i mean i think i had heard it like we had sung it in church but um, I don't think that. Yeah. I don't think I knew it was the doxology. Yeah. Um, Here we are pulling out the Christianese again. Excuse me. I know. Our producer Ellie is up on my end of the couch, wants to get to the other end of the couch, but cannot because. You cannot. My lap. We're going to take a break in just a minute and then I will let you outside. I promise. Okay. Can we. F- <laughs> okay. Can we finish this? You got anything else to say about it? Oh, those are very big feelings. Yeah, that's a lot of feelings, Ellie. <laughs> this last one is the last one from Instagram, but um, except for Righteous Anger, because that was one of them, but we're coming back to Righteous yeah. Anger. And I have never thought about this, but this person pointed it out. The way that Christians use the word just. Oh, man. In like a, God, we just ask that you just be with these people today oh and gosh. just bless this food. And, um, oh, that's a whole linguistic loophole or not loophole rabbit hole right there. Yeah, it is. I thought you might find that interesting. Um, but they specifically said, um, just isn't, you know, it feels too close to how women soften their emails. And I was like, (gasps) oh my my gosh, gosh, that's so true. Yeah. Because it feels weird to say, oh, I can't even imagine saying, dear God, bless this food for a... Like, it feels demanding. It feels demanding. But I'm pretty sure there's psalms that, that say, like, demand, yeah. you know, yeah. like, good old prosperity gospel. You ask God for you what ask- you want. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> but no, we totally do We're that. supposed God, to we ask just, God. We just want to, even when we're not, like, praying, I feel like a lot of times we're like, hey, so welcome to this space. We just want to make this a space that's just yeah. like for everybody to just connect and just, just fellowship. Just have a fellowship. With, oh my gosh, that's so true. Oh, my eyes have been open. You're going to think about it all the time now. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like when you um, it's like when you are preparing for a speech and you're hyper aware of your verbal fillers. Or when you're editing an episode of a podcast yeah. and you start to recognize the sound wave shape of you saying um, because oh, yeah. that's where I'm at. But yeah, I feel like we need to, we need to just stop it. <laughs> just stop it. Uh, so those are all the ones I have from Instagram. If that, if you sent in any of those, feel free to like DM us and say like, that one was me. Cause I feel bad that I can't credit anyone. Yeah. Uh, but especially if you were the person that did the just, because you have opened our eyes. You've really shattered the glass on that. I feel like a new woman. That. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to do a whole linguistic study. And by we, I mean you, because that's your area of expertise. <laughs> Not mine. I'm I'm seriously sitting here, like, fascinated by that. I'm, I, like, that'll, I'll be chewing on that for mm-hmm. quite a while. Yeah. We'll get an update next next yeah. episode <laughs> yeah. on how you've gotten 
All right. Well, we're going to take a break. I'm going to go let our producer outside so that she doesn't keep uh, scratching at Jordan. But uh, we will be back with, we're going to talk about righteous anger and we're going to talk about an oldie and not a goodie, which is um, hate the sin, love the center. Yeah, baby. A big topic. So we will see you in a few seconds. Bye. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, hope you had a good break. We I had a good break. Did you? Mm-hmm. Mine was okay. <laughs> uh, I stretched my hip. Yeah. So that was good. Hey, I got another bite of pumpkin dump cake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I got some Pringles over here, which I can't eat because that would be way too but there's over here anyway so jordan pointed out after we went to the break that i might not have finished my story about being with my mom and aunt v and praying the the end of that story was i was the one who ended up praying and i felt weird about it because i'm so just like you know straight up yeah and not flowery yeah. so that was the whole point of that story. Yeah. Well, I'd rather be not flowery than to be a daddy god person. Oh, like Sloppy wet kiss person. I am a sloppy wet kiss person. I will sing that song with sloppy wet Get kiss off every my single couch. time. Get off the couch. You are not. <laughs> um, David, David Crotterman? Yeah. Uh, does a song called uh, oh, How, How He, he Loves. How He Loves. Um, and there's a line in the song where people argue about whether or not it should be sung as sloppy wet kiss or unforeseen, unforeseen kiss. kiss. Um, it's when heaven or meets no, earth. yeah, when heaven meets earth, like a sloppy wet kiss, which I deeply appreciate because I always felt like David Crowder, which I don't know. I don't know if David Crowder's problematic. I have no idea, no but I, um, I always felt like David Crowder, like wanted it that way i don't know anything about whether or not he did but that that debate is like so full of christianese it's not even funny (laughs) that's very true a good point an excellent point i will be a sloppy wet kiss uh uh fighter apologist apologist (laughs) yeah yeah forever i don't know i just like it it's fine. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, real quick before we get into our last two big ones that we have rants on, I'm just going to, for a um, honorable mentions mm-hmm. of some of these Christianese that I had on my list. Oh, yeah. It would take us forever to go through all oh, these. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, We did fellowship, doing life together, loving on people, oh, a heart for missions, oh. or mission opportunity. Um, we've also got um, when the spirit is moving, <laughs> uh, backsliding. Which is very appropriate to this podcast. Oh my gosh. Um, if you don't know what backsliding means, basically it just means like eh, not going with the status quo. Yeah. And people want to say that you're backsliding in your faith. It's it's a replacement. It's it's saying that you're doing the wrong thing when actually you're just thinking critically. Right. Exactly. Um, feeling led to do things. Seasons mm-hmm. of life. Hedge of protection we talked about. Um, how's your heart? <laughs> I just want to ask you, Jordan, how's your heart? Well, I have high cholesterol, so <laughs> I would think not ideal, 
but doing okay. See, I have anxiety, so <laughs> my body likes to tell me I'm having a heart attack. Right, but so yeah. far, haven't yeah. died. So, um, Mark and I, shamelessly, do you you know five love languages, Doctor mm-hmm. Doctor Chapman? Yeah, five love languages. That's a very Christian thing. Um, uh, they use the term love tanks. Like your energy, like a like a fuel oh, tank. Oh, oh, yeah. And Mark and I use that a lot. I'll, I'll you know, I'll say to him, I'll be like, "How's your love tanks doing?" <laughs> That's kind of cute, yeah. though. Between the two of you, if you know, <laughs> yeah, if let's that not was like, like a do that in public. <laughs> well, if you use that all the time for mm-hmm. everyone, it might be a little yeah. But um, also guarding your heart. Just really you need know, to guard your heart. Really need to guard your heart and guard. Especially if you're, I hear a lot of men who are in relationships saying like, I just really want to guard her heart. From what? I'm like, she can guard her own dang heart. (laughs) Uh, You know, I don't know. It's just a, whatever. Um, When things are a God thing, which I also say that. So that's, again, no shade. it was a God thing. It was a God thing. Um, Calling everything secular. That's not, quote unquote, not Christian. (sighs) Secular music. Secular people. Secular world. I found that really hard, like... Since doing this podcast, I find that really hard because I want to dis- – like, I'm talking about it and I want to distinguish between, like, something we're talking about that, like, is a Christian thing or if, like, it's in within Christian circles or if it's outside of Christian circles. Um, but, yeah, people are always like, it's a very secular uh, – it's very secular music. Yeah, and – or secular TV or, you know, I don't know. It's just like. It's like you're really trying to make that distinction very clear. But I've heard that in the other direction. Yeah. Oh, it was so, it was, it had to have been a Christian, you know, thing. It had to have been a Christian movie. It had to have been a Christian artist. They must be a Christian. <laughs> but, like this association that like anything with good morals is suddenly Christian. Yeah. Or like, which is similar to. Good old Christian gal. Yeah. Or which somebody brought up to me at work today. Like mm-hmm. a good old good old Christian guy. Just a just a real nice Christian boy. Yeah. It's like you don't have to say that. No. Like I'm I mean, pretty sure they're a good person whether or not. Yeah, I appreciate the sentiment, but yeah. it's you know, okay. Yeah. Uh and then the last thing I had was I just wanna echo that. I just wanna <laughs> echo what Jordan said. Uh and really I just wanna echo that and say, you know. I feel like that one is a, is like more than just Christian circles though. That's true. Because I hear myself saying, yeah, building off of that. (laughs) Building off of that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all I had on my list. If if any of you listening think of any more, feel free to let me know. I'm sure there's plenty. There's so many and they crack me up every time. Also, funny tying in of uh, episodes, the um stuff christians like episode that we did yeah john acuff also did a whole thing about christianese of course so i really want to uh kind of christianese adjacent i really want to read half truths god help god helps those who help themselves and other things the bible doesn't say yes uh by adam hamilton because i feel like that's probably going to be a gold mine yeah yeah um I think that kind of goes along with what we've talked about before the Everything Happens podcast oh, yeah. a few yeah. times, I think, already. Um, but not everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be very interesting. For sure. My last big point is righteous anger. 
Righteous anger is a funny thing <laughs> because do I think that there's such a thing as righteous anger? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, we always talk about the bit in the Bible of Jesus flipping the temple tables oh, yeah. and, you know, it's uh, one of my, I don't want to say favorite, but like <laughs> a contemporary Christian song that I actually like is the one that goes, uh, Break my heart for what breaks yours. Oh. Hosanna. Is that what that one is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're mm-hmm. right. You're right. Yeah, we both love that song because we had a friend in college named Joanna. And we would Joanna, go, Joanna. Joanna. Shout out, Joanna. <laughs> What's up, Joanna? We know you listening. Uh, yeah. So, but I like that whole, like, break my heart for what breaks yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, idea of like that's what righteous anger should be being yeah. angry about the things that make god injustice injustice yeah. poverty inequality you know uh violence yeah <laughs> things like that an example of what is not righteous anger <laughs> that has come up in the social medias this past As couple weeks we're a little late to this this happened a couple weeks ago but there was a video going around mostly on tiktok Of this man who decided to go to the beach with his family and then and like he lives in a society so I'm sure he was aware of what it means to go to the beach and the kinds of things that people wear to the beach and he decided to go up to these girls young girls that he did not know they were strangers and let them know that what they were wearing was not appropriate and they're basically out here in bras and thongs like this man's never seen a bikini before. Yeah. Um, and it was just really inappropriate and it was making him and his family uncomfortable and he has young kids that, you know, and you know, you can't help but look at them. You know, they just stick out on this beach. And one of the girls recorded the whole thing, thankfully, and It makes me mad for a couple reasons. First of all, this man also specifically says to them, you know, I, I'm just trying to tell you what's right. And I'm speaking something about like speaking for God. And, Mm -hmm. um, and the girls clearly say like, never claim you're speaking for God unless you're like real sure. No. And he's like, I'm just telling you the truth. And I just am standing up for God's truth and whatever. And they specifically say to him, like, we're not Christians. We don't believe in God. So now what you have done is make all of us look like absolute chumps. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Like, hello. And then he made a follow-up video basically saying that he was not going to apologize for what he said because he just was filled with a righteous anger. When he saw these young ladies dressed like that, dressed so immodestly and showing off their bodies, he was filled with a righteous anger. And... Sir, you cannot just use righteous anger as an excuse to That's be a jerk. That's the thing. That's what makes it, me mad. <laughs> he walked up and and here's my thing. If you want to call somebody out who is within your community, who knows the values of your community, and who you know personally, I'm pretty sure there's biblical sound reference for that yeah. as far as like going to a brother, quote unquote, or sister, quote unquote, in Christ and saying, hey... I think what you're doing here is against what we're supposed to be doing. But you do that not only privately, but in a very respectful way. Kindly. Yes. You do that with a heart of love. Right. And that was not what this dude was doing. No. He was calling out perfect strangers for doing something that was societally and 
I mean, I mean, rightfully okay for them to do mm-hmm. and was was using it as a chance to shame them. Yes. For something they shouldn't have been shamed for. Yeah. And kudos to these girls, A, for just sticking up to him. And like, yeah. I mean, they de- they demolished him. <laughs> they were <laughs> laughing at him. I mean, yeah. but also even for them saying they're not Christians pulled. I mean, they said like. Didn't Jesus tell you to pluck out your own eyes mm-hmm. if it's causing you to sin? Don't look at us. If it bothers you, don't look at us. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yes, girls. Yes, ladies. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the spirit of that, too, really, really is pointing toward Jesus going, um, mind your sin. Yeah. Do, take care of what's going on in here. Right. Well, don't be, don't be going trying to project that onto somebody else. Yeah. You need to take a look in the mirror. And they also make the point that there are tons of... This man was wearing a shirt, but there are tons of men not wearing a shirt on the beach. And Mm -hmm. they said, why aren't you talking to any of them? Why is it just us that you're talking to? Like, why... You know, and I believe that that man's whole rant on these poor girls came from a place of pride Mm. because i think a lot of times christians can mix up their own pride Mm -hmm. with righteous anger and this feeling of i'm a christian i know the capital t truth and the laws of god and i will now tell everyone what to do and they should listen to me and do what i want just because you feel empowered to do it doesn't mean that god's telling you to yes and you don't get to tell everyone what to do you're not the king of the universe i'm so sorry sir but like he was just mad that they didn't immediately go oh my god sir i'm so sorry you're so right like which they never would and i would like to point out too that like as a parent Mm -hmm. of a son of a of a young man Mm -hmm. who one day may you know experience that experience of being distracted because there's a woman in a bikini on a beach mm-hmm. like i do feel that sense of like i can see myself being like gosh i wish that person just would like cover up i would never ever in my wildest dreams go to a woman now this is of course me as a woman i would never do this yeah but like i can't even imagine my husband going to a woman and saying look you're distracting my son yeah. Over here. Like, no. No. Now, here's the difference. Here, Here's the difference between something that is, like, rooted in you need to look in the mirror and pride versus something that I think is righteous anger. When my brother and I were young, we went on a – my parents used to take us on cross-country road trips that we did a couple times, and we went to Vegas. It wasn't like a – it wasn't like my parents took us to Vegas. It was like Vegas was one of the stops on this oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. two-week yeah. road trip. So we were in Vegas. It was really cool. I was about eight. My brother was about 12. What happened – we were walking down the strip, and we were just kind of like seeing the different big casinos because like a lot of those are tourist destinations without the gambling and all that stuff anyway. And – these men on the streets were handing flyers to my brother and my dad, not my mom, not me, but to my 12 year old brother and my father. And they were ads for prostitutes and they were pictures of prostitutes that they were advertising to people on the street. My mother rips this thing out of my brother's hand and she, I wouldn't say she yelled at this guy, but like, I mean, it it very immediately changed the tone of what was going on. Even as an eight-year-old, I knew something was up. And I don't remember a whole lot about what happened, 
But I do remember my mom saying, he is a child. That's a different thing. That's different. That is completely yeah. different. And that's righteous anger right there. Exactly. I think that that is absolutely fine because she's protecting him against, you know, he, she's protecting him against something that, like, these women were probably being exploited. Yes. First of all. Second of all, he's 12. And that he is doesn't a... need to be. He doesn't need to be solicited for, for sexual services. Right. Like, and that is explicitly a sexual situation. Right. You know Correct. what I mean? And he's a, he is a child. And he's a child. Right. Like these women on the beach, the guy kept saying to them, like, this is just pornography. Right. You're just, and no, it's not. They're on a beach. They're on a beach enjoying Where their people time. wear bathing suits. They are not actively. And go to the beach. Participating in a sexual act right. of any kind. Like. If you, if you were really concerned about that before you went to the beach, you should have had a conversation with your son mm -hmm. about, hey, now some women wear you know, different things to the beach. Different people wear different bathing suits to the beach. And I just want you to know that everybody, everybody's body is valued. Mm -hmm. And everybody's body is different. Yeah. And we need to look at people's bodies with respect. Right. That's what should have been happening. Exactly. But, th but it's totally not an example of righteous anger. And I think, I think you're right. I think people use it to justify stuff when they feel threatened. Yeah. Rather than rather than when it should be used, yeah. we should be using righteous anger to think about bigger issues than that. Yes, to defend people, not accost them yes. in the middle of the beach. See, I like that. Yeah, righteous anger should be something that's used to defend. It should, yeah. and I, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We punch up in righteous <laughs> we anger, punch up. not out. <laughs> not out or down. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, let's talk about. Let's talk about our it. last one. Yeah. <sighs> it's a big one. Um, it, you know, in Christian circles, a lot of times you hear the phrase, hate the sin, love the sinner. And mm -hmm. we talked about it a little bit last week. Mm -hmm. um, and it's extremely problematic. Here's the thing. I want to establish right here and there. I've said this phrase. So have I. I have lived by this phrase before. So have I. And I have, on the other side of it, looked back and gone, ah, I see the issue. Yes. I see the issue. And, I, and I, at the root of it, I think, like all things, there are good intentions. But we want to talk about impact, not intentions here. Ooh. And uh, regardless of your intentions, hate the sinner. Sorry, no. Other oh, way around. No. Hate the sin. Love the sinner. Is, it's just so complicated. And, well, it's not even complicated. It's just it's so messy. It's so messy. It's something that on the surface seems oversimplified. Mm -hmm. But then when you dig down into in practice. Yeah. It's messy. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking about Adam Hamilton earlier. Um, he actually said um, in an article that I don't remember the name of. <laughs> oh, no. He said this in Half Truths. God helps those who help themselves and other things the Bible doesn't say. He said this in the book. I think Jesus knew that if he com uh, commanded his disciples to love the sinner, they would begin looking at other people more as sinners than neighbors. And that inevitably would lead to judgment. If I love you more as a sinner than as my neighbor, then I am bound to focus more on your sin. I will start looking for all the things that are wrong with you. And perhaps without intending it, I will be thinking about our relationship like this. You are a sinner, but I graciously choose to love you anyway. If that sounds a little puffed up, self-righteous, and even prideful to you, then you have perceived accurately. Yes. Because we, we just don't have that ability to, when we're saying, I love you 
I love you even though that's not that's not perfect love right there. Yeah. That's not the love that we're told to strive for. We're told to strive for unconditional love without fear. That's mm-hmm. that is what it is. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. And like even Gandhi in his 1924 autobiography said, hate the sin and not the sinner is a precept which, though easy enough to understand, is rarely practiced. Right? Uh, is rarely practiced. And that is why the poison of hatred spreads in the world. Gandhi rightly observed that it is difficult, perhaps impossible, to see someone else firstly as a sinner and to focus on hating their sin without developing some level of disdain for the person. Perhaps this is why Jesus did not us did not ask us to love sinners, but to love neighbors and enemies. Ooh, yeah. the enemies part, though. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, and I was having this conversation with my stepdad a couple weeks ago, just mentioning that we might talk about this on the podcast, and we had an interesting discussion about it. I said, in my experience, when I hear my microphone keeps turning. I said, in my experience, I feel like I've always heard that phrase used against the LGBT Absolutely. plus community. He said in his generation, they used that phrase a lot, but it was m- kind of towards everyone of mm. like, you know, talking about drinking or drugs or um, gambling or, you know, all these different sinful actions. Yeah. But to me, that's what I associate it with, which then turns Same. into... I hate that you're gay. I love you, but I can't support you in any actionable way and right. will actively vote against your rights in this country, which is not love. No. And that's, I totally agree with you. That's exactly why I used to use the phrase is because I was, I was wrestling with this idea. There's another Christianese phrase, wrestle it. When you wrestle with something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was wrestling with this idea that I was like, I love these people. And they're my friends and they're good. And like, I see that and I recognize that, but I have all this other background and community that's telling me that they're wrong. And so I think a lot of times we, as Christians, use that as like a a protection where we're like, Mm -hmm. that way I can love you and still be a part of this community. Thankfully now because of the work of so many people, we're able to find Christian communities that say, no, no, we can just love them. Exactly. Um, just as much as we love anybody else. Exactly. And that's okay. To me, being a sinner, if we truly believe that everyone on earth sins, that no one is perfect, that we are mm-hmm. all sinners who have fallen short of the grace of, you know, whatever, it's almost like a common denominator that we can just... We can just scratch that out. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. Fantastic. But I mean, I do take issue with that a little bit that, Mm -hmm. that like what that's saying is though, is that like, I do, I do want to establish that like, we don't always identify things as sins that necessarily are sins. That too. That That like, like I think it's, it's where we're not willing to take, we use it when we're not willing to take that leap of saying like, I actually don't think this is a sin, mm. you know, yeah, that like, yeah. this isn't something that I necessarily think we need to be even like worried about in your life. Yeah. Like, you know, cause, cause that was always the issue with me too. It's like, I would be like, you know, I sin too. Like I lie. <laughs> it's like, come on. Like, I know this is not, it's not the same thing at all. No. You know, 
I know. Or when people were like, yeah, you know, some people are gay. Some people are hardened serial killers. I know. It's the it's same like, thing. It's like, God, it's no, like it's that not. is not the yeah. same thing. Um, in, uh, in a blog post, um, uh, Joe Forrest, who is a blogger on Medium. Medium is that is the website where I get all of uh, Will Berry's posts. Oh, gotcha. Um, he writes on the intersection of faith, culture, secularism, and politics. Um, he says, love the sinner, hate the sin, conveniently takes a distinction between the sinner and the sin. And this one, this is one of the reasons that phrase is so attractive to so many Christians. It grants the appearance, the appearance of generosity without the need to sacrifice or honestly wrestle with your conviction. Uh, however, while spoken... It, with the best intentions, love the sinner, hate the sin often ends up being more beneficial to the person saying the words than it is to the person hearing them. It's, I'm a good person, the phrase implies, because I'm loving you in spite of your sin. Bingo. It's really just us assuring ourselves that like, hey, I'm still good, right? <laughs> yes, I, uh, I'm deigning to love you despite the fact that you're a dirty, dirty sinner. And I hate that part of you. Yeah. Right. But I think a lot of people would agree that, like, that they experience that phrase when it comes to the LGBTQ community, that, like, um, there is something about the church that we just can't let go. We can't. We just just can't let go. Speaking of Adam Hamilton, Mm -hmm. when you said that name, it sounded familiar. I had a bookmarked, uh, or I I had it open on a tab for months, uh, one of his articles um i've never really heard of him before but he wrote an article that's called the bible says it and that settles it or Mm. the bible says it dot 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 that settles it about this was when um the methodist church was deciding on ordaining lgbt plus they were deciding on affirming lgbtq identities yeah yes yes and so he wrote a post about why he uh you know what the bible actually says about gender and sexuality mm-hmm. and etc cetera, etc cetera. it's very good so if you ever want to take a read about that yeah um i i had it open in a tab in case i ever needed to argue with someone about yeah. it i was yeah. like i'll never find this again but <laughs> because i saw it every time i opened my tabs now i don't. remember it it's seared into my yeah. mind so and on that on that note switchfoot Switchfoot. Switchfoot, or at least the lead singer of Switchfoot. Yeah. Um, in a development over TikTok, um, basically affirmed LGBTQ identities. Yeah. And was Grace like, Baldridge? Yeah. Reached out to him on TikTok and said, like, I'm going to a Switchfoot. Well, didn't even reach out to him. No, she just went to the concert. Yeah. And she posted a video saying, like, I'm going to yell gay rights at the concert. And and see what happens. See what happens. Uh, and nothing really happened, but then he made a video basically saying, like, I support you and your rights and your and, happiness. And, and your journey and your identity and yes. your, all that stuff. It was just really beautiful to see. It's like I knew I liked Switchfoot. I, knew I, 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 liked I had this, this sigh of relief. I was like, oh, yeah. God, I can, I can unashamedly listen to your music. I know. I did listen to A little to bit of shame. Just a little bit. I listened to some of their newest, Interrobang, I think is their latest oh, album. Oh, no. It's pretty good. Interrobang is one of my corny, my corny metaphor things. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very good. Yeah. No, but taking it back around. 
I think it, I think it comes back to what we were saying at the beginning that like hate the sin, lo- uh, love the sinner. It it it's like that perfect example of like weaponizing the Christianese, where it's really about protecting your own pride and protecting your own stance than it is actually loving somebody. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just it bothers me because in my journey faith-wise I think a lot of the reasons why I've made the decisions I've made to leave churches or join churches has been because I I see that that ingenuine attitude mm-hmm. that is a I love you in spite of mm-hmm. and when I see that I can't I can't I, I can't and it's one of those things where like I could walk up into any church pretty much and be be welcomed just off of what I look like. Yeah. But I so I've never personally experienced that kind of exclusion mm-hmm. that a lot of people feel when they hear things like hate the sin, love the sinner. But I I just can't do it anymore. I cannot be in a space where people are treated like that. And I think a lot of people are fed up with that in the church because it goes against the Jesus that I was taught in Sunday school, it goes against every aspect of the Jesus who goes to, you know, any, literally anyone's house for dinner and treats them just like everybody else. Right. It doesn't, you know, and it's not even treats them like everybody else. It's not treats them like everyone else. It's, it's, they are everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like comparison to be made. Everybody is everybody. Everybody, <laughs> yes. There's and a shirt for you. Everybody, everybody is everybody. Yeah, and no one else is Jesus. So right. like we're all in the same right. boat. Right. I think just really hate that. I think I hate that phrase so much because I come from it. After having used it for so long same and here. lived it for so long, I think I hate it so much because one, I hate that I used it, and two. I know where that space comes from. If we ever get big enough to do like a tour, we should just <laughs> call this the Couch Communion Apology Tour. Oh, yeah. Of us just apologizing for Maybe being. we should do like a series. We could. Like a series of episodes where we apologize for very specific things. And yeah. Then, and then like on a broader scale. Yeah. Say like, hey, today I want to apologize for this and then talk about that whole topic. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That would be a lot of episodes. I have a lot to apologize to apologize for. Yeah. I think the the biggest lesson to learn or to take away from this topic is um, just to be genuine. Just be genuine. And if that's, if using some of these Christian, Christianese words and phrases, if that's genuine to you, go for it. Like, but people can tell when you're not being genuine. Absolutely. And a lot of times using this kind of lingo, jargon, whatever you want to call it, it puts it can put up a barrier between mm-hmm. you and the people that you're talking to. I feel that way even when people talk that way to me as a lifelong churchgoer, yeah. lifelong Christian. I it's like I I don't always When somebody asks me for coffee, I know what it's about. Yeah, or when someone just like in conversation quotes the Bible sixteen times. I don't know how to talk to you. Yeah. I don't know how to talk to you on it's a like, on it's a like real you don't level. Have to shove your Christianity in my face. Like Yeah. Which I know that's a little harsh. And I recognize that that's harsh. Yeah. Because like if you're living your Christian life and like you're just really enthusiastic about it, like cool. Cool. But like know your audience. Yeah. And sometimes it comes off as a little 
put on and, and a little yeah. yeah and like you have to prove that you're a christian yeah. I'm like you don't have to prove that to me like i know yeah i know better that you're a christian by just g- generally how you are and how you act and how you treat people than i do how many memory verses you know right walk the walk yeah that's all i care about yeah. walk the walk you don't have to talk the talk at all <laughs> yeah and i think that's a lesson that we can kind of take in any realm is that like mm. your your words have weight no matter what community those words come from. Yeah. Your words have weight and they affect people. And people see through those words that they they will either see your genuineness or they will see the difference. Exactly. Between how you talk and how you walk. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's uh, about it for this topic today. Yeah. Yeah. This was good. Yeah. This felt cathartic. It did. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have things you want to apologize for and you want us to apologize on your behalf, we could also do that Ooh, for the we apology could do a tour. Whole apology episode of just like reading people's apologies. Yeah, but like they could be specific or general. Yeah, they yeah. could be like, "I'm sorry, Cindy, for that one day <laughs> in the eleventh grade." Yeah, so um, maybe we'll do that. If you think that's a good idea, let us know. Uh, maybe I'll. See if anyone has anything they want to apologize for. Yeah. We'll do. It'll be like uh, Nadia Boltz Weber's. Um, the confessional. The confessional. Yeah. But the communal. The communal. <laughs> the communal. I guess that too. I don't know. We should Google that. And make sure it's not anything weird first. We'll figure it out. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. We're going to wrap this up. And uh, we hope that you guys have a fantastic week. Don't let strange men tell you what to wear. Put that on a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) And just uh, stay tuned. And stay communed. Goodbye. This episode of Couch Communion was produced by us. We don't have a team for this. Music by Grace Mason. Cover art by the wonderful Sarah Mullins at Dr. Frank and Sarah on Instagram and Twitter. If you like what you heard, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. New episodes every Friday. Thanks for listening.